tell me what you like about flying. Oh, everything. Like? Oh, just the uh, uh, learning about it. You learn about everything. Are you a pilot? Conditions, uh, sort of. What, oh, what's, that doesn't sound safe. What do you mean by sort yeah. of? Uh, I, I get to fly all the time. Have you ever but, crashed with your sort of license? No. <laughs> no, I, I don't have a license. So. Oh, okay. So you just are learning? Is that what it is? Mm, I've been learning for about 45 years. Is that why you're being so coy about it? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been in a crash? No. How often do you go up there? Oh, once every week or two. What do you like about being up there? What's it feel like? Oh, it's just freedom and it's uh, just a good way to travel. It's just a, you just learn a lot about the physics and dynamics of flying. Hello and welcome to The Front Porch Productions, a podcast brought to you by your Cherokee Scout. This episode, we are hanging out at the Western Carolina Regional Airport. We had a couple of local aviators spend some time on our front porch, and they are an interesting group of people. I'm your host, Abigail Hickman. Come on, let's go fly. Have you seen any changes since you've been here? Uh, yes. Like? Yep. Uh, well, we've cleaned up a lot of things. We've uh, repaired all the runway lights and the uh, the mountaintop lights and just put a lot of work into the AWOS system. What's AWOS? That's the automatic weather uh, reporting system. That's fancy. What yep. do you mean mountaintop lights? What's that? Um, Are there really lights on the mountaintop? Yeah, see that light right up on top of there? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's well, who, takes, who changes those light bulbs? That's quite a trek. Yeah, we do. How long does it take you to get up there? Uh, or is there a landing strip or something? <laughs> no, you have to go up, hike up there. What's the wattage that you have in these mm, lights? A lot of them are 240. So you couldn't buy them at Home Depot or Walmart? Uh, no, no. They're special they're, ordered. Are they expensive? Yeah, they're pretty expensive. Like what? What's a light bulb cost? Like 15 bucks or something. You're joking, for one? Some of them are a lot more expensive. Those ones up there are really expensive. What's their range, the ones on the mountain? A couple miles. Meet Bob Deeden. He's the airport manager and has been there about three and a half years. He's the one who spends a good deal of time taking mountain hikes to change very expensive light bulbs. I asked him what the airport meant to him, and he prattled off a long list of services that the airport provides to the community. But I wanted to know what the airport meant to him, because honestly, every person I ran into at the airport seemed to love it there. What does the airport mean to you? It means it's just a, a essential part of the infrastructure. It's essential for the county and the, the cities, you know, Andrews and Murphy and Hayesville and everything to have. Okay, Bob, thank you, Bob. That tells me what the commu- what the airport means to the community. But what mm-hmm. does it mean to you personally? I mean, you're here, you, must, you sought this out after retirement. It must uh, mean something to you, mm-hmm. like? It's just a, a good place to be, you know, it's a, it's a home and what do you mean by home? Like when you walk in the door, you just feel what safe and protected and happy. Oh, uh, is this your happy place, Bob? It's it's a place, you know. That you like but, to be. Yeah, yeah. 
Bob told me that in his former career, he was an importer of colorful fish from the Bahamas, transporting them to unique aquariums across the nation. I didn't press him on how he was able to maintain this job without a pilot's license, because it seems to me that aviators are the modern day cowboys and the sky is the Western frontier. Pretty much anything goes. Flown over to the Bahamas from Florida, transporting fish at least 250 times probably. What do you mean transporting fish? That's what I used to do in Florida. You would import or export? Uh, both. But what we, kind of we fish? Were, were you fishing as well or you just mm-hmm. were the Oh, you yep. were? Yep. So what were you catching? Uh, all types of fish, sharks and tropical fish and supplying big aquariums, big public aquariums. Oh, not for restaurants. This is for display. Yeah, for live fish. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Gosh, for a yep. person who likes to go up and fly and be free, how did you feel about those fish going into those aquariums? Oh, good. They had a great life. And Bob told me he relocated to Murphy after he retired from transporting fancy fish because he was tired of the heat and, of course, the hurricanes. He spent a good deal of time in Brasstown building planes before he landed the manager position at the airport. Tell me, you're hanging out with pilots all the time. What's unique about them? They're a more upper intelligent group of people, hey. like to have fun. What makes them super intelligent? Well, when you learn, like I say, about learning about the physics of flying and mechanical and weather and the dynamics and all that, you know, it just, uh, you learn a lot. So it draws a particular type of brain. Mm -hmm. They're just a fun group of of really good people, good-minded people. What makes a person good? You know, you're a hard worker, your integrity and intelligence, honesty, a good uh, humor. Humor is essential. And speaking of sense of humor... Enter Galen Troll. He saw me interviewing Bob and made a comment that I was wasting my time. In other words, Bob didn't really know anything. You know a lot that he doesn't know, like what? He don't know much. I didn't hire him for what he knows. Then why did you hire him? His looks. (laughs) Unlike Bob, Galen is a licensed pilot and spent his former career as a commercial airline pilot. Tell me what you like about flying. I mean, you're a licensed pilot, is that right? I am. I've got uh, a little over 28,000 hours of flying. I love it. I still get goosebumps every time I go fly, even after flying. What excites you about it? I guess leaving the bonds of earth and you get up and fly like a bird. (laughs) It gets in your blood and it's just something, you know, that you enjoy. So is it peaceful or is it exhilarating? Yeah, it's it's peaceful, exciting, you know, and it's kind of like you're in a little world of your own when you get up there. What about the danger? Have you ever been in an accident? Never, no. Galen had promised to fly me around the area, so naturally I was concerned with his safety record. Not even a little crash when you're landing or anything like that? No, I land good. Oh, okay. I hope you do. <laughs> no, nothing uh, nothing at all. Even uh, all the years that I worked at the airline, I never had anything really major happen. And I'm not foreshadowing my own trip. I'm just yeah. asking in general. <laughs> Tell on. me what the difference is between flying the commercial aircrafts that you made a career out of and then flying these, what are these called? These are general aviation aircraft, single engine, most of them, you know, and and of course the big difference is speed. Uh, The little airplanes you can get up and fly around like a bird, kind of slow, can turn, you know, and look at all the mountains and all the scenery and everything. The big airplane, the airplane, you're just taking off from point A to point B, you know, and you fly up through the clouds most of the time, and you're on top of the clouds. You just get to see a lot more in the smaller aircraft, enjoy it more, yeah. Sounds like it. 
Tell me about this airport. What do you like about this airport? Well, most of all, the scenery. You know, you don't get any better scenery from an airport than this one because it's in this valley. I need to insert a caveat here. The whole front wall of the airport was windows that overlooked this gorgeous green meadow that gently rolled up against these mountains. And then all that was left was that blue sky. It was so compelling that we decided to do the recording in this open area. So you may hear a few doors creaking or people walking past because Galen and I couldn't bear to be locked away in the back of the airport where it might have been quieter because we would have missed this expansive, magical view. And also the people that come here, we call it our airport family. Is that a big family? Yeah, it is. He told me that at lunchtime, they all caravan down to the Mexican restaurant in Andrews on Mondays. They call it their Mexican Mondays. So they can all hang out together during lunch and then come back to the airport and do what they love. Of course, we have Mexican Monday because as uh, you should (laughs) what's your favorite thing on the menu i always get the speedy in case you're curious like i was i looked up the speedy it's called a speedy gonzalez and it's one taco one enchilada and rice or beans that's how the aviators roll tell me why you think this airport is important well it's certainly important you know for the economy the north carolina Department of Aviation did a study through one of the universities and they take each little airport and they do a study of that area as to what kind of economic impact it has on the area. Last year this airport had I believe it was 72.1 million dollar impact. This year it was 74 million. In case you're not good at math that's two million dollars which is a lot of speedy Gonzaleses. So uh, the airport was really started out as just a small grass strip, and then we had an industry wanting to move into this area, and it was uh, Berkshire and Industries. But one of their uh, things that they had to have was an uh, airport close by so their executives could fly in and out. So the county bought this airport from the Wood family and paved it, and that was Berkshire was the first industry that moved into the county because of the airport. Since then, they've been several uh, other industries move in. The the latest has been Snap-on, and that was one of the things they required was to have an airport close by. Snap-on originated in the car repair industry back in the 1920s. These two genius mechanics invented a set of tools that were called Snap-on with five handles, and apparently that revolutionized car repair. Snap-on's motto was five do the work of 50, meaning their five Snap-on handles would accomplish the work of 50 men, which probably didn't do too much for employment back then, but thank goodness it did well for Snap-on because they are the ones who help modernize our local airport. You do a lot of corporate servicing here. Right? We do. Yeah. But what about, it's called a hangar, that's like mm-hmm. a garage. Yeah. Is that the equivalent? Yeah. You have a lot of aircraft out here. That have, must be uh, local people. There's, I, I think at this time we've got 48 aircraft that's based here all the time. And, and is that uh, just people wanting to have fun? Yeah, and they also, uh, we have several people that, use their planes in their business but it's mostly pleasure you know what keeps you so fascinated about flying i guess just the, the you gotta love it you know i take a lot of people up on their what we call a introductory flight a maiden voyage yes and you either love it or hate it there's usually no in between i see i've loved it for all those years and i still enjoy it 
What would happen, what would change in your life if you couldn't fly anymore? That you're, you've been grounded, no more going into the air. How would that feel to you? feel like something really important had been taken away, and it would have, you know. But I would still like to stay around aviation, you know, even if I couldn't fly, I'd want to be here. Mm -hmm. Like I say, with our, our airport family, you sure. know, and, and, and still stay around it. But yeah, I wouldn't, if I couldn't fly, I would still be here. Yeah. These are your people. They are, yeah. They really are. And I took uh, the airport, leased it from the county uh, three years ago. And the county approached me, wanted me to, if I was interested in taking, you know, running the airport because it was, it was dead. There was nothing going on much. So I was really proud of what we accomplished. Within the first year, I was able to fill all the hangars up. When I came here, I think there was three airplanes in these three big hangars. It was empty. And now everything around here is full of airplanes and we have a waiting list of about 16 people. You've been in aviation so long. What's something that you're really proud of within this profession? One thing that, that I'm really, really proud of is when I retired from the airline and came back here, I started doing a lot of work with kids. If you follow my Facebook page, you know that I'm really involved in getting uh, the young aviators and get them interested in flying. Well, I went ahead and sniffed around Galen's Facebook page. He has 4,500 friends, and nearly all the content has to do with aviation or the Young Aviators Club. This guy is like the real thing. Do you remember going. what it felt like to go up that first time? Oh yeah, scared to death. <laughs> no doubt. So you, you mentioned that there are many of these types of airports around the nation. What makes this one so special? Everybody that flies in here just can't get over, you know, of course we're laying in a valley with mountains all around us. People can't get over how beautiful it is, you know, just in this area. And we'll have people fly back in here that they'll stop and see how beautiful the area is. And then we've had a lot of people move into this area just because of the airport. But not everyone who enjoys the airport and recognizes its beauty is a transplant. One very successful local businessman agreed to sit with us on the porch to talk to us about his experience at the airport with the condition that we not use his name. So for the purposes of this podcast, we will refer to this man as Mr. Cowboy. Yeah, I'm very shy. I'm a, I'm a very odd person. Why? Why are you odd? Yes, I mean, I'm just very different. What, what's different about you? Okay, I, I do... No, no sports. You don't play any sports? No hunting, no fishing, no nothing. Airplanes is my only outlet. That's the only thing I do that I've done for 60 years. 60? Yeah. And say how many airplanes you own? I've owned 31 airplanes, and I, I have seven airplanes now and, and two helicopters. What do you do with all of them? I use them to go to work in. I use, a lot of them are just toys, but uh, a lot of them I go to work in. Well, where do you have to fly to go to work? Well, yesterday I was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Do you fly your own aircraft or someone flies it for you? No, I fly my own. I asked Mr. Cowboy about who flies his aircraft because although he obviously holds intellectual prowess, he's an 80-year-old man. I work from Alaska to South America, but I've done this my whole life. And that's all I do. I mean, I, I've, I've played with airplanes since I was a little boy. Who got you into it? Your parents or? My dad would take me to the airport every Sunday and I started when I was in high school. Flying. Was he, did he fly as well? He had no, license? he did not fly. He just but he was, was a friend of the man that owned the airport. So Mr. Cowboy is 80 years old. He's been working his business for 56 years. 
He can't wait to get to work in the morning. And on his free time, he flies for fun. So I wondered if with all this flurry of activity and adventure, if he was a person who got bored easily. But when I asked him, he seemed offended by the question. Do you think you're a person who gets bored easily? I don't get bored at all. Never. Why? I just don't because I always have something to do. I always have plenty to do. Well, to you, how long have you been in this business? 56 years. And you must enjoy it. I love it. I can't wait to go to work every morning. What I'm, do you like about it? I, I like what I do. I love what I do. I got up at 4.30 this morning to come to work. Because you like it? Yeah, I love it. So you're not interested in retiring? I'll never retire. As long as my health stays good. I can't wait to get out of the bed in the morning to go to work. What about flying? Do you feel the same way about flying your aircraft? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I became interested in Mr. Cowboy's penchant for helicopters. He owns seven aircraft that he uses for business and for family pleasure. So why does he need the helicopters? So tell me what the difference is in using an airplane. Why would you choose an airplane over a helicopter? Helicopters are very heavy maintenance and they're very slow. They're about 100 miles there. The airplane I flew yesterday is almost 400 miles there. Well, I'll tell you what, yesterday we took off from uh, Wisconsin and when, I cro when we crossed uh, Chicago, you can look down to Chicago, I can go anywhere east of the Mississippi River in, in less than two hours. Well, if you prefer your airplanes, why do you have two helicopters? I like, I've, I've had five helicopters. What do you like about them? I use them to play with. So that's the fun part. Yeah. So those are just shorter trips? Shorter trips, yeah. I bought a helicopter in the 82. I worked in Highlands and it takes two hours to drive over there. And it takes 20 minutes in a helicopter. He told me he took his helicopter up recently and flew it over to his neighbor's house who has a landing pad. And I began to wonder about what are the regulations up in the sky for, for example, flying your helicopter from your house to your neighbor's. I mean, there must be some sort of regulations, right? Who do you have to call? Do you have to call air traffic controllers to get- No, nothing. You just go up? Yeah, nothing. What, what if there's a commercial air jet coming in the place that you're flying? The airplane I flew yesterday, I fly under the same rules that the jet does. I, the minute I take off, they give me a clearance to where I'm going, and I'm in the same traffic pattern they are. Who's they? Uh, they're airlines. Oh, okay, I, so they're aware I, of you. When I you... hear them all day long. I mean, I, Oh, so I, anything I'm... the pilots are saying, you can hear? As I peppered Mr. Cowboy with questions, I could tell that I was beginning to annoy him, mainly because I don't understand much about aviation, and for him, it's a second language. For example, when I ask him the question about who gives him clearance to fly and who he's listening to on his headphones, he took a long pause and answered very slowly to make certain that my dense brain could compute what he was trying to communicate. Oh, so anything the pilots are saying, you can hear? We're talking to the same people, oh. talking to the same controller. Well, yesterday uh, there was an Airbus a thousand feet above us, and he was way out there, and we crossed. Were you nervous? We, we was at 25,000 feet. Ooh. No, I wouldn't nervous because it's that's just a common thing. So you, can you actually, if you cross a, another pilot, can you like wave and they'll see you or no? No, no, no. Because that'd have, be kind of cool to yeah. make a greeting in the air. They have to keep you a thousand feet apart vertically. Because Mr. Cowboy had practically grown up at the airport, and also because he uses it to expand his business, I wondered his thoughts about the place it holds in his life and the communities. Tell me about the airport. It's coming up on its birthday. You've practically been there the whole time it's been there. Well, if it hadn't been for the airport, there's a lot of industry that wouldn't be here. Snap-on would not be here. The building that they came out of was built in 51, 
by Berkshire International, and the reason that was built was on Calhet Airport. They were from Pennsylvania, and uh, Team Industries relies on the airport a lot, but there, there's a lot of people rely on the airport, a lot of industry that would not be here if the airport wasn't here. So, I don't realize that. As a small airport, is it considered very busy? Like, does it have a ranking? It is the busiest airport west of Asheville. The busiest small airport west of Asheville? That's quite a claim. I knew Mr. Cowboy flew for recreation out of the pretty airport, and I also know that he uses it to build his secret empire, but I wondered what it meant to him personally. The airport's very important to the county, and it's very... Uh, it's, it has made this company what it is. Are you you're able to see sunsets or sunrises from the aircraft? Yes. How much different is it way up there than down here? Well, it's, it's beautiful. It really is. Does the whole sky turn the color? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. At night, night you can see 200 miles. Over Andrews at 9,000 feet, you can see Knoxville, Chattanooga, Atlanta, Greenville. You can see all these cities. From the it looks like they're right there at, at two miles high, straight over Andrews. Wow. The way he talked about it, it made it seem that Murphy, this isolated, remote, insular town, was connected and joined by neighbors you could almost reach out and touch. It's yeah. like the observation point that you can yeah. see a bunch of states at the same yeah. time. Yeah, and visibility at night is, is so much better than it is in the daytime. Why, less clouds? Or? Uh, no, it's just, it's, there's no other light, and you see those lights. You know, Atlanta's a big city, and it's, you can see it really, really good. It looks like it's just right there, but it's 85 miles away. Because Mr. Cowboy is one of Murphy's rare community members who has traveled the entire world, I ask him what big city he enjoys. So you've been to so many cities, and you live in a small one. What big city do you enjoy visiting? I don't, I don't care for New York City. Too busy and or I've noisy? Worked, I've worked in New York City, mm -hmm. and I've worked in Chicago. Uh, I don't like Chicago. I've worked in. Detroit. Is Chicago just too cold, or what don't you like? No, about no, it's just a, the just the hassle to many people. I'm not a, I'm not a real people person. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, I don't know any large city that I'd like to live in. Like all of the aviators I spoke with, Mr. Cowboy fell in love with aviation and flying as a young child, and he never lost his fascination for it. Flying is very very simple. Why is it simple? I mean, you're defying gravity. Well, it's just it's flying, flying simple. What do you like about it? Is do you feel a freedom, or you feel in charge, or? I've always, I've always, when I was a kid, I always, you know, loved to fly this, and I've always played with airplanes. I mean, you're the master of your company here. You're in charge. You're the big boss, right? Yeah. Is there anything of of those feelings when you're flying as a pilot of an aircraft? To you, it's just what? What does it feel like? Going out there and getting your car and going somewhere. Natural. Yeah, yeah, it's all natural. Yeah. So your projection of your life is to get up early in the morning and jaunt off to work that you love and fly because it's fun and freeing. Is that what you see, uh, yeah. how you spend the that'd rest be, of your days? That'd be one way of saying it, yeah. How would you say it? Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's what it is to me. It's everything I do is fun. You never had held a boring job or never. had tedium in your life? Never. Why do you think that is? Tell us, the rest of us, how to avoid that. Well, you need to do something you like to do. That's the secret. Be happy with what you're doing and be content. Yeah. Well, I, I, I can't wait to get out of the bed in the morning and go to work. know what it is about that tiny airport in Andrews, but it sure seems to draw some pretty extraordinary aviators. That's it for this episode. 
Join us next time on The Front Porch, a podcast brought to you by the Cherokee Scout. Music used by permission from Katza. Drop. Thank you.